Sup Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning in to Sup Media Reviews. I'm Kiara, and I am super stoked to review the amazing 1996 film adaptation of the Roald Dahl story, Matilda. The movie features Mara Wilson as Matilda, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman as Matilda's parents, M. Beth Davids as Miss Honey, and Pam Ferris as the diabolical Miss Trunchbull. I find it amazing that this movie is somehow able to poke fun at child abuse in a way that doesn't even make us think twice about enjoying it. Here are some fun facts about the movie. Pam Ferris, the actor who portrayed Miss Trunchbull, would often stay in character when the director called cut in an attempt to scare the children on set so that their fear of her would be genuine when the camera was rolling. That's a lot of dedication and is very much in line with the spirit of this film. Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman, the actors who play Matilda's parents, are married in real life and have been since 1982. Why did I not know that? I didn't even know Danny DeVito was married. What the heck? I'm, I'm, I was shocked to find out this nugget. Okay. I was like, Dang, I did not know that. I know this is only my second episode of Sup Media Reviews, and I've already reviewed two movies with Danny DeVito in it. That was not on purpose, okay? Come to find out, Danny DeVito actually directed this movie too. The reason Matilda came to my mind recently is that I started using the Calm app to fall asleep at night, and one of the sleep stories is based around Matilda, and I was like, oh, I love that movie. This is literally one of my favorite childhood movies. Not only do we have a special little girl who's super smart and has telekinetic powers, but she outwits the ridiculous and unkind adults in her life and finds somebody to love her for real, for real. What is not to love about this story? I've seen this movie so many times as a child, but prior to watching it for my review, I hadn't seen it all the way through in years. So if you want to check it out, you can find it on HBO Max as of the date of this recording. I'm excited to share my adult perspective on this kid's movie. So let's chat. So in the beginning of this movie, we meet Harry and Zinnia Wormwood, Matilda's awful parents, and we see that she has an older brother. Her dad is an immoral used car salesman, and her mother is a stay-at-home mom that does not stay at home. Right away, we see that Matilda's parents are cheap, 
and careless and neglectful. They don't seem to want her. They don't strap her in her car seat and they don't seem to really notice her as they go about their daily lives. Danny DeVito is also narrating the story, which is a little weird because he's also playing Matilda's horrible father. It's kind of strange hearing Matilda's horrible father tell a neutral story when his face is literally (laughs) in this movie abusing the little girl and neglecting her. I just find that very strange. Matilda, we find, is an extraordinary child. She learns to write her name as an infant. She learns to take care of herself and develops her own sense of fashion with her little red ribbon that she ties around her hair. And she grows up without the love and guidance of the parental unit. But she actually is kind of doing okay, even without their love and attention. Matilda gets left home alone when she's pretty small, but she's learned how to make her own breakfast, which looks like very delicious and fluffy pancakes. And this is one of my favorite scenes as a child, because when you're a child, for whatever reason, you feel really eager to do things that adults do. But then when you reach that age, you realize these things are a hassle. <laughs> I enjoy pancakes, but making pancakes is like, even if you do the instant mix, it is annoying. Like you're creating a bunch of dishes and you got to make sure the pancakes don't get too burnt. You got to make sure they're not too light and make sure you have syrup before you start making the pancakes. And then you can't just eat pancakes. You got to have like bacon or sausage and eggs. It's just a lot. Okay. So when I was a young child watching this movie, I was like, oh, she's four and she gets to make pancakes. Like, why can't I use a hot stove as a four-year-old? But I guess this just reinforces how Badly, Matilda has had to learn to take care of herself as a child um, because she engages in very dangerous activity and could probably burn the house down if she wasn't so smart. Matilda's learned to be self-reliant and is an avid reader and basically has to find the library on her own. Super unsafe. We see her going through traffic, walking around strangers, going to the library to read. And this movie, we only been watching the movie a few minutes and that's like strike three on the child endangerment. So she's an avid reader, like I said, and that's pretty much the way that she copes with being an unwanted child. Like getting to go into these alternate universes inside these books is an escape from being neglected. And that is super sad. Okay. I was an avid reader as a child and I want to get back to being an avid reader, but I feel like ain't nobody got time for that a little bit. So I know that Audible exists, but I have such a short attention span that I don't know if I could make it through a book all the way through. I actually feel kind of nervous about that. So if I read a book, I'm going to have to actually concentrate and read the book. And it's like, "Mm, I don't know if I have time for that. So Matilda figures out that bad people deserve to be punished from her father. Okay. And so she starts doing some shenanigans to her neglectful parents, like mixing chemicals together and their personal hygiene products, which unfortunately bleaches her father's hair. And we find out that the FBI is watching the family because Shady Harry is buying stolen car parts and reselling them. He's doing stuff like rolling back odometers and he's literally gluing cars together to sell for like way above 
above market price. And Pee Wee Herman is one of the FBI agents. How cute. So Matilda confronts her dad for being a crook when he takes her and his her brother to work and he talks down to her. So she pulls another shenanigan and glues his hat on his head and basically embarrasses the whole family at a nice restaurant while Zinnia tries to get the hat off of Harry's head. It's quite funny and quite embarrassing. So while they're at home, Harry is in a tizzy because of how embarrassed he was by the hat situation. And he's basically putting his foot down around the house. Like our family needs to listen to me X, Y, and Z. So Matilda is trying to read while everybody else is watching TV. And he's like, nah, you need to do what I said. Now watch this TV. And he's literally holding her face so she can watch the TV. And Matilda is so mad that the TV blows up just out of nowhere. And so this is the first time that she realizes that mm, something might be going on here. Okay. It's very suspicious that this TV kind of blew up out of nowhere while I was being forced to watch it. The next day, we meet Miss Agatha Trunchbull, who is the principal of Crunchum Hall, who's buying a car from Matilda's dad. And she hates children so much that she doesn't even remember being one, or she claims to have never been one. She's a large, tough woman, and somehow is able to convince Harry that Matilda should go to Crunchum. Okay, Crunchum is a very silly, uh, <laughs> very silly school name, but it's cute. Okay, so... Matilda gets to go to school for the first time. Mind you, Matilda is already six and a half and has lobbied to be put in school because it's time for her to be in school, even though her parents don't even know her age. They thought that she was still four. And so she's excited because she's read books about school. She has this preconceived notion about what school is. And unfortunately, she is immediately frightened on her first day of school because of the state of Crunchum Hall, okay? It's a dreary looking school and it's ruled by uh, a very large and mean Mrs. Trunchbull. But on her first day, she finds the cutest little black friend with the froggiest voice named Lavender. Lavender is so cute and she wears glasses that make her eyes look big and she has like this this deep froggy voice she just is so cute she's a super cute she's one of my favorite kids in this movie um she also finds another very tall girl named hortensia and so lavender and hortensia give matilda the lowdown on how crazy the principal is and they start telling her stories about things that she's done to other children like throwing kids out of windows and how she has an olympic background and shot put javelin and hammer throw which is so funny to me they mentioned this a bunch of times in the movie about like the specific uh sports that she's played in the olympics it's i don't know why that's so funny to me but she also has a torture chamber an infamous torture chamber called the chokey it's like this super tiny room that has like a busted pipe in it with nails and glass on the walls where she places misbehaving kids and so there's a point where she is just going through and torturing kids in this opening scene. And this lady throws a child over a fence by her pigtails for having pigtails. What kind of world is this? <laughs> what kind of world is this when children get this level of abuse and nobody says anything? I, 
I understand it's a movie and it's a story and it's exaggerated, but this is a lot. Okay. And it gets worse. Okay. So uh, the main conflict of this story is that Matilda is a neglected, vengeful, and gifted child who is oppressed by the nasty adults in her life and is looking for a way out. And because she's smart, you know, she can find one. Okay. So fortunately, Miss Honey is a lovely teacher. She's a Matilda and Lavender's teacher who almost instantly recognizes how smart Matilda is. And she even gives Harry a piece of her mind when she makes a home visit. She's like, Matilda is super gifted. Like we need to be taking advantage of this. She needs to be, you know, advancing. She needs to be doing X, Y, and Z. And her parents are like, hmm she don't need college and what does a lady need to learn for basically they insult her and she leaves but since it's like the first time since the librarian at the library that we've seen somebody be nice to Matilda so the next day at school an assembly gets called because Bruce Bogtrotter this very chunky pasty white kid with freckles gets accused of eating a piece of Mrs. Trunchbull's special chocolate cake so she's about to make an example out of him and she makes him eat the largest piece of chocolate cake that I have ever seen And the rest of the kids are so traumatized that they're suspicious that the cake has poison in it. (laughs) Dang. They're like, she finna kill him. That's how traumatized they are. So I don't really care for chocolate cake all that much. But when I tell y'all that cake looked amazing and moist, and I don't like to use the word moist. But that cake looked fantastic. And there's a layer in the cake that is a, a brighter sh- or a lighter shade of brown that might be peanut butter. Are you kidding me? Y'all, that cake looks so good. Jesus. Is there is there a recipe online for that cake? I might make that. That cake looked delicious, y'all. And like I said, I don't even mess with chocolate cake like that. So I've actually been on a diet lately and I'm doing pretty well. I'm down... 16 pounds and I miss pastries the most (laughs) so me talking about this cake is just like almost tasting it okay so I don't mind me but Bruce finishes this huge slice of cake like a savage okay and there's icing and crumbs everywhere and then the nastiest half-dead lunch lady named Cookie brings out the rest of this giant cake for Bruce to eat this this lunch lady looked nasty okay (laughs) like she's not good on the food preparation hygiene and protocols (laughs) but that cake looked amazing huge cake super large cake like as large as a sheet cake but circular so look Bruce is supposed to eat the rest of the cake and the kids are just watching him scarf down this cake there is icing freaking everywhere and there's a little time lapse and I'm like how long is this assembly how long is the whole school going to sit back and watch this kid scarf down an entire chocolate cake and most kids would be like jealous like oh I get to eat chocolate cake in front of the whole school but these kids are like this kid is finna barf (laughs) like (laughs) this is torture even though it's chocolate cake and you know we love you like a fat kid love cake we know bruce love cake we know bruce stole that piece of cake 
but this is too much the kids are like okay this has gone too far there's you know we all know you're not supposed to have too much cake so matilda being matilda she decides to start encouraging bruce bruce reclaim your power okay and so they start shouting his name bruce 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 and so bruce is like okay i'm gonna get my second wind and the whole time i'm like where in the world are the other teachers right now i don't remember seeing any of the other teachers in this assembly but bruce has been sitting here eating this cake for what i'm gonna assume is like 30 minutes are the teachers so eager to get a break from the children that they do not care that there is a child abuse show going on right now in the school assembly? What the heck are these teachers doing? I understand Miss Trunchbull is quite scary, particularly to Miss Honey because of their personal history, which we learn about later. But the other teachers in the school, are they so traumatized as well that they don't stand up to Miss Trunchbull? Apparently they are. And they are quite absent from this movie. Bruce gets his encouragement from the student shouting his name. He gets his second win and he finishes the cake because we know that a win for Bruce is a win for every child in that assembly. Okay. Miss Trunchbull tries to teach him a lesson by making him eat that chocolate cake and you know what she lost because bruce ate it it's a major victory okay go ahead bruce and then everybody is in the room shouting because they are so they're like we are victorious okay and then she takes the glass cake platter and breaks it over bruce's head y'all what the heck <laughs> what kind of movie is this this is literal child abuse. It's one thing for it to be in theory or to say like, mm, Matilda's parents are neglectful. They don't really pay attention to her. They don't know how old she is, mm, whatever. It's a different thing to see somebody break a glass platter, a huge glass platter, one of the biggest glass platters I've ever seen. Break it over a child's head after you made him eat a whole chocolate cake. What the heck? Because of the way the children acted in the assembly, the whole school has to stay after school for five hours to write stuff from the dictionary. Literally, like what kind of institution is this? What kind of place is this? <laughs> I don't understand. Of course, Matilda gets home late from school and her parents like hardly care. And it's like, okay, why are the adults all so stupid? And so this makes me think of like, I don't know if y'all saw the documentary about Nickelodeon and why Nickelodeon became like a success and how it evolved over the years. But one of the like more, I don't know if I want to call her prolific, but the person who was like the president or the CEO or the leader of Nickelodeon, why she, one of her philosophies about children is that children are smarter than we think and we need to play up their intelligence instead of like talking down to them. I feel like when it comes to people who write stories or movies for children, that it's advantageous to make children believe that they know better than the adults in their lives. But this feels like it's taken a step too far. Like these people are not only like stupid and mean, but they're abusive. Like y'all are really pandering to these kids. And it worked for me because I loved this movie as a child and even watching the abuse, I'm still like, I could see why I liked it. Trunchbull, of course, is mad because Harry sold her a lemon and decides to put Matilda in the chokey 
because Matilda's dad sold her a lemon. How fun is that? And so Lavender with her froggy voice. Oh, I love Lavender. She's just so cute. Lavender catches a newt in like a nearby creek and puts it in a water pitcher <laughs> when, when Trunchbull. <laughs> okay, look. Okay, so they all know that Trunchbull put Matilda in the chokey. And so Lavender, who caught a newt a little bit earlier, is put in charge of putting getting a pitcher of cold water together for Trunchbull because Trunchbull is about to teach Miss Honey's class for the day. Apparently, she does this like every week or so just to remind children who's in charge, I guess, and that children are nothing and are worthless. Lavender is like, you put my girl Matilda in the chokey, so I'm going to put a newt in your water. Avenge your friend, Lavender. Okay. So Trunchbull starts going on her tirade and is teaching Miss Honey's class. And of course, they had to cover up all of the artwork and everything that's colorful and transform the room into a gray abyss because Trunchbull knows nothing about childhood development and could not care less. She gets on her soapbox while Miss Honey gets Matilda out of the chokey because Lavender was like, mm, Matilda's in the chokey. And, <laughs> and while this is going on, Trunchbull drinks the newt water and the kids laugh at her because they see that the newt is in her water and she starts freaking out because it's a freaking newt right so the kid starts laughing at her she starts freaking out because the newt starts crawling on her and i would too let me tell y'all something little reptiles and little rodents and whatnot i don't play with those things those (laughs) those would freak me out too but the point was is that the children were laughing at her being in a vulnerable moment and not seeing her as like the power person or the power authority that she is and so immediately she's like blaming Matilda and she ends up triggering Matilda with this whole I am God speech and the telekinesis plus a new equals slapstick hilarity so this is when Matilda like throws the newt onto Mrs. Trunchbull and so once all of that is over with and Trunchbull has left or whatever, Matilda confesses to Miss Honey that she's the person who like knocked over the water and made the newt actually get onto Trunchbull. Miss Honey is basically saying, oh, I wish, I wish you had those types of abilities or whatever. Matilda tries to demonstrate her gift, but it doesn't work. Then Miss Honey, who is so just amazed by Matilda, invites her to her house. This is another child endangerment issue. <laughs> a teacher inviting a child to their home without the parent's permission. That is strange. During this time, when they're walking to Miss Honey's house together, we get Miss Honey's backstory. So Miss Honey's mom died when she was two years old and her stepped aunt Miss Trunchbull was brought in to look after her while her dad, who was a doctor, was out working. Three years later, when Miss Honey was five, her dad died mysteriously, apparently from a suicide. But Miss Honey grew up under the watchful eye of the mean Mrs. Trunchbull, and she rented a cottage from a farmer for $50 a month. She says she rented a cottage for $50 a month. I know that this is a story about a very smart young lady with telekinetic powers, but there is nothing in this movie that is more amazing 
than a $50 a month rental cottage. Do you know how much money he could get off that on uh, Airbnb? That is probably the most amazing thing that I heard in this movie. But anyways, Miss Honey is sharing her story with Matilda to give Matilda some hope that things can be better because they had both like a really neglectful childhood. So we learn that Miss Honey was in such a hurry to leave her family home that she didn't grab her treasures like family photos or her favorite doll. Trunchbull leaves the family house to go practice her Olympic sports. And this is where Matilda finds out that Miss Trunchbull is really superstitious because she's like acting funny with this black cat. And when you have a vengeful child with special abilities, Knowing that somebody is superstitious is like a powerful nugget of wisdom, okay? Especially if you're dead set on punishing bad people. So Matilda is like, okay, Miss Trunchbull is gone. Let's roll up in this house. Let's roll up in your house, Miss Honey, and let's get these treasures, okay? Matilda basically just runs into the house and Miss Honey <laughs> pretty much has to follow her. <laughs> oh, Matilda is such a brave little girl. Unfortunately, the lemon that Harry sold Miss Trunchbull breaks down and she has to return to the house right away by basically pushing the car down the road. So Matilda is just bigging Miss Honey's head up. She's like, get a chocolate from the forbidden chocolate chest, okay? Get your doll. Come on, you know, your dad didn't commit suicide. We finna, we finna roll up in here and get your treasures, okay? And so in the most exhilarating scene in the movie, Trunchbull figures out that somebody is in the house and starts searching for Matilda and Miss Honey. They try distracting her with noises and she is literally destroying this house trying to find them. Jumping from the first story down to the second story, destroying the chandelier and just breaking glasses and throwing her javelin in the wall. Well, you can tell that she has not really cared for this house that she got illegitimately and things are just piled up everywhere. It's low key, like probably year two or three into a light hoarding situation, which just makes the offense just all the more sucky. Like not only did you take my father's house from me, but you're not caring for it in the way that you should. You horrible villain. During this chase scene or whatever, Pam Ferris is doing a fantastic job of being evil and sinister in like this really childish campy way. I could see where she would be super frightening to a child. I was probably afraid of her as a kid. Miss Honey and Matilda barely escape from the house, but Matilda's little vengeful brain starts working, okay? Matilda realizes that the key to her telekinetic powers is being angry. And so she starts practicing to hone it. And even though she promises Miss Honey that she won't go back in the house, she has some, some thoughts and ideas about how to get uh, Miss Honey her treasure. There's a point in the story where the FBI start trying to search through uh, Matilda's house. And even though Matilda knows that her dad is crooked, and that he probably deserves to go to jail. She uses her telekinetic powers to trick the FBI into leaving the house and destroys the evidence that they have against her father. So Matilda really does love her parents, even though they are super sucky. I thought this was like a, a really nice juxtaposition to the fact that she bleached her father's hair and glued a hat to his head. It was actually really nice to see her do something a little pleasant for him, even though he obviously does not deserve it. 
There's a point in the story where Matilda is like, I'm finna get out here. I'm finna reclaim these treasures, okay? I'm finna get these reparations for Miss Honey. So she uses her telekinetic powers on her brother to shove a carrot in his face <laughs> right before she leaves the house. And she doesn't even have to sneak out. Her parents are so oblivious or don't care about her that they just let this little girl walk out the house to go reclaim those treasures for Miss Honey. So we are at Miss Honey's house which Miss Trunchbull is squatting in basically. And Miss Trunchbull eats a chocolate with the paper still on it. And I was like, this is probably the most disturbing part of the movie. <laughs> I have this thing about like, when I see people eat paper or put paper in their mouths that I almost retch. Like for whatever reason, seeing somebody put a piece of, excuse me, y'all, even thinking about somebody putting a piece of paper in their mouth and chewing it is actually causing this very visceral reaction so I have to stop talking about it but uh, it was very disturbing <laughs> very disturbing to me so Matilda perches herself on the detached garage and uses that as a perch to get her uh, situated to use her telekinetic powers to get Miss Honey's doll and a couple of chocolates, but not before she does a few more shenanigans to make Trunchbull think that she's actually being haunted by Magnus, who is Miss Honey's father and Miss Trunchbull's stepbrother-in-law, I guess. And so she's basically using her superstition against her. I feel like this scene shows that Matilda is a little bit of a villain. She's like a, a villain who has a, a sense of morality even if she has to become the karma herself. So unfortunately for Matilda, she unknowingly leaves her signature hair ribbon behind, which is a key piece of evidence and lets Miss Trunchbull know that um something's afoot. So Matilda goes to school the next day and gives the doll to Miss Honey. And Matilda's little crazy mind starts formulating a plan while Miss Honey is trying to figure out how can we get this doll back in the house before Miss Trunchbull knows what's up. And then Matilda kind of demonstrates her powers for Miss Honey. And Miss Honey is like, girl, you really do have telekinetic powers. Go figure. And so Miss Trunchbull comes into the classroom like a bull in a china shop to teach the kids a lesson, okay? And in the final big scene, old girl starts interrogating the Lilliputians, which is what she calls them. That is a hilarious thing to call children. That is so funny. But when Miss Honey steps in and is like, okay, let's not do this with the children. We find out that Agatha broke Miss Honey's arm before. She said, I broke your arm once before and I'll break it again. And I'm like, girl, we bringing this intergenerational family trauma into the school? And you broke this girl's arm? Y'all, this is, mm, this is real abuse, y'all. This is real abuse. I'm, I cannot believe I was allowed to <laughs> watch this movie, okay? Miss Honey is like, you can't talk to me like that anymore. I'm an adult, Aunt Trunchbull. And the kids are like, oh, snap. This is your aunt? I find it funny to call your aunt by her last name. I think that's pretty funny. Aunt Trunchbull, that's hilarious but Trunchbull ends up hemming up Matilda and so Matilda starts using these telekinetic powers and so she starts flicking the blinds she starts writing this nasty message that's supposed to come from Magnus again which is Miss Honey's father the students start reading the message aloud which actually is 
pretty creepy to have like a chorus of children reading aloud a message from a dead person. So I could see why Miss Trunchbull was freaked out. But it's basically Matilda using these little tidbits of knowledge that she got from Miss Honey and using Trunchbull's, you know, superstitious nature to freak her out. And the message is like, give my daughter back her house. I know you killed me. And Miss Trunchbull is like, I am freaking out. And I would too. I would too. So she gets pummeled by some erasers. Y'all, do y'all miss chalkboards? I kind of miss chalkboards a little bit. They have like a certain smell to them. And writing with chalk is just like a lost art, okay? When I was in middle school, we started transitioning from chalkboards to dry erase boards. And then when I started working for a school a few years back, they they have smart boards now, not even dry erase. And it's like, dang, times have changed. <laughs> Miss Trunchbull gets knocked out and when she wakes up she tries to throw a kid out of the class but then Matilda starts doing like some aerial tricks with the kid using her telekinesis and she uses him to knock the crap out of Trunchbull. This boy pushed Miss Trunchbull onto a globe. (laughs) He pushed the mess out of her. He was not happy. Okay he was not happy with her. So she gets spun around on the globe based on Miss Honey's suggestion which I thought was pretty funny. Miss Trunchbull gets beat up some more or whatever and she ends up going after little Lavender but Matilda gave Lavender some hops and allowed her to hop over Mrs. Trunchbull and uh, so Trunchbull fell outside of the classroom and the other students come out of their classes to see what's going on and so Matilda starts throwing all the kids lunches at Miss Trunchbull and then all the kids from the other classes start throwing their lunches too. They're like, look, look, we've taken enough of your abuse. We're going to take advantage of this opportunity, okay? So now the whole school is throwing their lunches at her. Bruce shoves some cake into <laughs> Bruce, the little the little chubby kid with the chocolate cake, shoves some cake into Miss Trunchbull's face. That was so funny. A fantastic callback as she's exiting the school. And she leaves the school in her jalopy, okay? And they never saw her again. So Miss Honey gets her house back. She spruces it up back to its original glory. It's actually a very beautiful house, okay? And Matilda is hanging out at Miss Honey's house when Harry and Zinnia, Matilda's parents, come by to get her because they're skipping town. They're finna go to a place that has no extradition because those boat salesmen actually did turn out to be FBI agents and the FBI is on their behinds and miraculously they remembered that they had a daughter long enough to go and pick her up before they skipped town and I was like y'all are always forgetting about Matilda what makes you (laughs) what makes you remember her at this moment okay Matilda is like I don't want to leave I want to stay here Matilda says, I got the adoption papers in my bag and I've had them ever since I learned how to use a copy machine, okay? And in this movie, hearing Matilda talk bad to her parents is actually quite funny. Matilda don't suffer no fools, okay? Her neglectful parents do, according to the narrator, the only nice thing that they've ever done for her and sign their child over to a teacher. Now, I know the narrator is like, hmm, this is the first thing that they've done nice for Matilda, whatever. And I'm like, okay, taking papers out of a 
what first or second graders backpack and signing over your rights to a person who has known your child for maybe a year. That's nice. (laughs) What does nice mean in this weird abusive universe? I mean, of course, Matilda don't want to go with them and move to a different country in X, Y, and Z. She would be freaking miserable, right? But it's like your parents signing over their rights is nice. I mean, it ended up working out, but do y'all get what I'm saying? That I feel like that's weird. That's strange to phrase it in that way. I'm just trying to figure out how it's the nice and most neglectful thing that they've done at the same time. Miss Honey becomes the principal of Crunchum Hall and the school is just so successful that they end up having to add an upper school for older students because the kids never wanted to leave. I'm like, how sweet is that? Miss Honey has the sweetest name. She just has the sweetest little face. And you know, this, the lady who plays Miss Honey, her name is M. Beth Davis, but I get her confused with Sarah Paulson sometimes. I hope y'all know who I'm talking about. Miss Honey ends up raising Matilda like her own daughter, and they have a fantastic time. They're a happy family. They're doing shenanigans together, and Matilda does not have to worry about neglectful parents or her silly brother ever again. And because her life is so good, she didn't even have to use her powers anymore. And I'm like, How neat is that, okay? She improved something in her life and now she doesn't even need to use her powers. If it was me, I would use my powers for everything, okay? I wouldn't get up. I would bring everything to me. But I think it's very noble of her to not use her powers now that her life is better. I feel like we can all learn a lesson from that. So what a ride. What a story, you all. Here are some of my final thoughts. If Miss Honey did not adopt Matilda, Matilda would have turned into Carrie from the Stephen King novel. (laughs) Look, I feel like this movie is definitely worth a rewatch as an adult, if only for you to really witness and see how abusive and neglectful these adults were and how we really glazed over that as children. And the fact that our parents let us watch this movie means they glazed over it too. Okay. But I actually really enjoy rewatching it and catching things that I didn't see before. So if you have like a little kid that's a niece or nephew, you could check it out with them and maybe use the movie to start a conversation about identifying bad adults and who they can go to with any concerns about like abuse or neglect, you know? I think that this movie mostly holds up, but the level of abuse and neglect was, like I said, way worse than I remember. For three years, I worked at a school for 6th through 12th graders, and all the adults who worked there, of course, had to be mandated reporters. So I had to go through a number of trainings about identifying abuse and neglect in children. And so I think that makes me extra sensitive to some of the stuff that's happening in this movie. So I'll just layer that on top of everything that I said throughout this movie. The geniuses over at Rotten Tomatoes actually surprised me. The official critics rated the movie 91% while the regular folks rated the movie 73%. That's kind of surprising to me because I find that critics typically hate stuff. So overall, I still really enjoyed this movie. And again, Lavender next to Matilda 
It's like my favorite character in this movie. I don't know why I love her so much. That little raspy voice is so freaking cute. And I don't know how many of you all know the YouTuber named Bondi Blue, but I feel like when Lavender grew up, she would grow up to look like Bondi Blue. So maybe (laughs) take a look and see if you agree. This is such a good movie and it's based on a good book by a good author. And it's really no way you can go wrong with this movie. Thanks so much for listening to my review of Matilda. In the next episode, we'll be talking about The Fresh Prince with a special guest. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Sub Media Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Sub Media Reviews and on SubMediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, home slices. Peace out.